goblins and ghouls, and welcome to the very first episode of My Haunted Life podcast with me, your host, Angela Hartshorn. Every week I plan on bringing you some fun new creepy story of one of my experiences, and then some weeks I will be interviewing some of my dear friends on their very spooky, scary experiences. So, grab yourself a cup of tea, make sure the doors are locked, and the sage is close by. I have a story to tell you. Depending on which way you drive into the small little mountain town of Cripple Creek, Colorado, you will be greeted with lovely disintegrating historical structures that almost make you feel like you're entering another time. Then you turn down the main street and are smacked in the face by giant new buildings pretending to be old. It's almost disorienting. Most of old Cripple Creek is gone, replaced with Vegas-styled casinos. If you continue past the main street to Myers Avenue, to the grungy backside of the casinos, there's a small little white building tucked in next to a parking lot. It's stories shorter than all the buildings around it, so it's very hard to miss because it stands out for being so out of place. It doesn't match its surroundings at all, but it's far older than all the rest. The old homestead house was built in 1896 by one of the most famous madams of the Old West, Pearl Devere. This was the heyday of the gold rush in Cripple Creek. In 1890, gold was discovered by Bob Womack in an unassuming area called Poverty Gulch. Thousands of prospectors flocked to the region between 1890 and 1910, and it became known as the world's greatest gold camp. More than 22,400,000 ounces of gold was extracted from more than 500 mines in the Cripple Creek and Victor region. This amounted to $11.2 billion dollars. In today's money, Pearl knew that this was the place to open her brothel. She modeled it after the elite bordellos of Paris. It had hardwood furniture, expensive carpets, crystal electric chandeliers, and leather-topped gaming tables. The house even included a telephone, an intercom system, and two bathrooms, at a time when such things were mostly unheard of. It catered to the richest and most powerful men in Cripple Creek. The house was reservation only, at a time when $3 a day, about $90 today, was considered a good wage for a miner. Pearl charged $250 a night. Today, that's roughly $7,500, and she got it. Get it, girl. Unfortunately, Pearl's time on this planet was short. On June 4th, 1897, Pearl threw a big party at the house 
with some of her best clientele. It had the best food and drink, imported tropical flowers, even two orchestras from Denver came in. Pearl wore this $800 shell pink chiffon gown with sequins and seed pearls from Paris. During the party, Pearl had a little too much to drink and excused herself to the bedroom to go lie down for a little bit. After a while, one of the girls decided to go check on her. She was found, still in her chiffon dress, breathing hard but otherwise unresponsive. Pearl passed shortly after. Some claim it was suicide, but most historians believe it was an accidental overdose. She was known to take morphine to help her sleep. After her death, it was discovered that she was not as rich as originally thought. People weren't sure how they were going to pay for the funeral costs. They decided to auction off the chiffon gown. On the day that the auction was to take place, a letter arrived with $1,000 in it stating that Pearl should be buried in her dress. So she was, and all expenses were paid. And her funeral was huge and as lavish as any of her parties. The Elks Band played the Death March down Myers Avenue, escorted by four policemen. Carriages followed, filled with businessmen, girls from the row, and many miners from the camp. Pearl's lavender casket, covered with red and white roses, was lowered into her grave at the foot of Mount Pisgah Cemetery and marked with a wooden marker. The homestead house was in operation until 1917. It became a boarding house and then a private residence. Today, the old homestead house is a museum with many of the original pieces of furniture still in place. It is still beautiful with its lush fabrics and fancy glass lamps. The ladies that work there now are mostly older ladies from the local area that just want to keep the history alive. One of the ladies told me that her grandson in school one time was asked where his family members worked. Dad works here. Mom works over there. When asked where Grandma worked, his response was, at the whorehouse. This tickled her to no end, and she loved telling the story. For a building that had so much um, energy release, one would think it would be bustling with paranormal activity, but it's really not. A lot of other places in Cripple Creek are terrifyingly haunted due to its rough and tumble past. The gunfights, murder, classic cliche Old West stuff. The town even burnt down. Twice. Pearl made sure to build her building out of bricks instead of wood like everyone else around her, so it had a chance of withstanding another fire. But now the homestead house is quiet. It's very peaceful. A lot of the ladies report hearing an occasional footstep, cold spots, but not, not much. 
we would classify it as a residual haunt. And after a quick message from our sponsors, I will tell you my experience at the Homestead House and bring on my friend Isabella to talk all kinds of residual hauntings. starting. So I am here today with my dear friend, Miss Isabella of the Chateau. Izzy, you do just about everything I feel like anymore, so if you could please paraphrase <laughs> a couple a key points. Fantastic uh, question right there, yes. Uh, my name is Isabella. I'm originally from the UK, but I moved to America. I run the Chateau online magazine. I also run a podcast and events. Wonderful. What kind of events? Oh. I run vampire events. Yes. Vampire masquerades. Yes. In particular, my favorite, humbly, is the one in New Orleans. Oh, thank Just you. saying. I love New Orleans. <laughs> Tropical Storm or not, it was one of the best events I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, me and Izzy, we've been trying to figure this out most of the now. day. We've been trying to figure out how long we've known each other. A long time. It's about a decade, right? We're getting pretty damn close at this point, I think doing different club events and everything, but we really became friends because you were doing a TV show. Yes, Ghost House Girls. Yes. And me being the chicken shit I am contacted you and said, hey, do you need somebody behind the scenes to help with the history and locations? And after that, we just... Yeah, you were like a historian on the TV show. Did we meet you at the Crepery? Yes, we went to... Oh, crap. What was that place called? Yeah. It's it's downtown... uh, yeah, they moved, but then what they are we talking about? What crapery? The crapery in Manitou. Springs, where we used to get those little shrimp. You loved uh, it. Orleans ones, crepes, and we sit out in the Oh, yes. Okay, um, I know what you're talking What's it called? I want to say Come La Baguette, on. but I know that's no, not right. Not. It's, um, it's, um... Oh, my something God. Sexy. Something sexy. Some sexy. It was a chicken. Wasn't it a chicken? Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Coquette. Beautiful place. I believe Coquette. it's still downtown Springs. It's in Springs. No, they went out of business. No, did they? Did? Yeah, they moved to downtown oh. Springs right across from oh, the bookstore. Yeah. So sad. The last time we were there, they were not there. Oh, that's sad. so sad. Uh, Springs Orleans instead. Oh, I haven't heard we about that. We used to have that. great mimosas. Oh, my God. So good mimosas. So we met you through that. Yes. Since you've a ghost house. Oh, yeah. That's, I think that's really where we became close. And I think ever since then, we bonded over... Ghost adventures oh. and... Gossiping. Gossiping. Shut up, Daniel. She's <laughs> my number one gossip friend. Aww. Yes. That's because I avoid most of the drama. And I just love hearing yes, about it. it's the best. It's <laughs> That's my reliable. favorite thing. So I'm going to uh, uh, talk to you about the Homestead House. I yes. had an experience there when I was younger. I was probably in my teenage years. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom does reenacting. And oh, they, I didn't know that. Oh, God. Girl, I can wear a corset for a reason. <laughs> Horrible torture as children. Tight lacing. Yup. Uh, I have actually pretended to be one of the working girls in the homestead house have on you? video 
several times. This is news to me. That's amazing. I can't believe I've never told you wow, this. Wow, this is so cool. I I can ask my you mom. Know what Onset House is? Oh, we're getting into that. It's oh, in my podcast. I already did that oh, part. Yeah, that part. I already recorded that part. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, so we were there where she was planning an event. They do like a big ghost. Uh, no, sorry, ghost. My mom would be so disappointed. Uh, they do a big mm-hmm. gunfight in town, and they did like cool. competition, okay, corral kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Actually, they would do scenes from uh, Tombstone. Tombstone, which never made sense in Cripple Creek. Retreat. But did they but have a Doc Holiday? Because I think he's sexy. They tried. Okay. Because Val Kilmer's my man. Yeah. And uh, they didn't do a very good job. Okay. But. they tried. They tried. Um, So we were there just preparing, and me being saucy teenager was like, this is boring as hell. I'm going to wander through the house. Yeah. And again, I've grown up going there, whatever. I've seen the different houses, and it's nice to be there when there's no tourist or any events. Yeah. It's very quiet. And I go upstairs to where the cri- the rooms are, the crib yep, rooms. Yeah, I know it. On the second floor, yep. And just wandering. And this is late summer, if I remember correctly. Okay. And maybe early spring, somewhere in there. I can't remember. It's been like 20 years. And um, I kept hearing like music, like music box music. Wow, okay. And then I'm like, well, that's weird, but maybe something just started playing. And then it's like that classic saloon music. And I'm like, we're surrounded by casinos. It could be coming from anywhere exactly right? yeah. in cripple creek who knows, who knows? it could be the town. ice cream truck for god's sakes let's be honest <laughs> up there so like that's weird and it was so cold like mm. painfully cold but again cripple creek whatever and it was so weird because i'm walking and i could start hearing footsteps walking in the hallway okay. with me and i'm like okay creaky you know blah 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 creaky thing old house yep, yep I and that. i remember looking into one of the rooms and as I'm looking into one of the rooms, the door starts shutting on me. Uh, like it doesn't want you to see it. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you know, I stepped on the wrong board and the door is closing. Whatever. Go to the next room. Same thing happens. Interesting. So every crib room I went in, the doors right. would close on me. Close. And it was like I wasn't allowed to see what was happening. Right, they didn't want you to see the sexiness occurring inside the room. Right, exactly. They're like, no, little girl, you may not see this. Well, I mean, I was of age at that point, at least to work there, but we're not going there. (laughs) But so I went downstairs, and I was asking the lady, I'm like, hey, you know, your air conditioning up there is going full blast. You need to probably turn that off since there's nobody here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... Her jaw just dropped. She's like, what are you talking about? There's no air conditioning up there whatsoever. And I'm like, okay, well, what about, like, the music? And she's like... There is no music. There is no music. Someone reported that earlier this week. Yeah, that they had heard it too. Exactly. And the Homestead House is weird because it had... You know, Cripple Creek in general has had all this weird history and traumatic history. The Homestead House is very calm considering i agree considering all the things that occurred inside that building it does have a very pleasing calm sense about it and i think that stands to all the positive memories maybe overpowered oh i like that that's good you know what i love in the homestead house yes specifically is in their front parlor room they have this little chandelier and it's actually made out of pigeon's blood 
glass. What? Which is this very rare, and in fact, I was so obsessed, was I not Daniel, I desperately wanted a pigeon glass chandelier for the chateau. I couldn't get one. They're very rare. Pigeon glass. Pigeon blood glass, because the colour of it is red. Deep crimson red. And one of the old ladies at the Homestead House told me that. So this was a story you were sh- sharing, or saving for me. Oh. Oh, that's not it. Different homestead stories. In fact, oh. I'd have another one that's about the little old ladies who worked there as well. Yes. If listening. Ooh, um, tell me, so tell me. Daniel and I went for a tour. We went for a mate, you know, told us the tragic story of Pearl and everything and the dress and all that stuff that you probably retold mm-hmm. earlier. Assuming. Great. So, you know, we're going through the house. And it was great. I thought it was this wonderful place. And as we're going down, we're going down the stairs and we have the... Um, banister rail going downstairs mm-hmm. and I'm putting my hand there and two old ladies stop and they look at me and they're like ooh ooh they say you're just say back then these banisters set very low because most girls in the 1800s were about five foot tall and they said you're so short you could you practically reach height you could work here if you wanted a job <laughs> that's what I said and I was like no you know I think I'm good I'm good thank, thank you thank I think you, thank you so much but it was very it was a strange compliment do you remember that it was a very strange compliment but yeah. of course you know they were old ladies and I was I was under the impression I was like <laughs> not well, that it only old. became this. But, but it's not. not actually, it's not old. actually that. I mean, no. they could have. As a, I mean, it went yeah, out children. right at right at the end. Yeah, it, it's. When did it stop being fun? Nineteen seventeen. Nineteen seventeen. How old were the old ladies there? Come on, you're right. It's you're thinking Titanic. Yeah, no, they're, 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 yeah. they were about 20, 30 years off. But yeah, still, still okay, they yeah. would have been kids. Because I'm like, my grandma's 32, and she's 80-something. They could have, they could have, they but could have. we could have known parents. Or they, people they, oh, yeah. yeah. Their mom could have worked there. Yep. Aunt, Aunt Sue down the road yeah. kind yes, of thing. Aunt Sue down the road. It's a lady of the night. Yes. But I love what they were saying, that, you know, you could actually have a very good life there in some respects and make a good mm-hmm. income and the fact that Paul when that chap came up from Denver she was buried in a dress he gave her because he wanted yes. to give her this beautiful bustle gown and I was like oh I would have paid to have seen that gown as I was reading the description the $800 pink chiffon oh gown God. with seed pearls and sequins I just pictured you the entire oh God, time because it's so you I'm like oh god yeah, I actually I can co- see you I doing collect uh, antique gowns from yes. specifically the 1870s and 1880s because I love the bustle form. And the original ones, nothing, no reproductions can truly do them justice no. when you get the original item. And I love that I can I can squeeze into them, fit into them, and I just wear them around. And we actually wear them up to Hamill House, which is a yes. would be a great topic for your podcast. Oh, I love that. I'll up have to ask you more about that. Up Colorado. Mm-hmm. And that's an old Victorian house that's also haunted. But they're always like, wow, you're wearing the real deal in the real house. I love your yellow one. You know how I, I hate the color that. yellow, but no, I love but a, that yellow dress. It's a dress. mustard yellow, which you wouldn't think would be flattering. And here's so the interesting thing. That dress was, from what I understood from buying it, was owned by a soiled dove in Colorado. So it originally oh. would have been a brothel gown dress. Because Gorgeous. they tried to replicate high fashion of the day because mm-hmm. they wanted to look like aristocracy and fine yes. ladies for their customers so some of the gowns were actually very nice but you can tell it's very thinly constructed mm-hmm. so it doesn't have the backing of an expensive no. gown but it imitates on the exterior that time it's it's my favorite dress by far in my collection well it's funny with uh pearl and i mentioned this pearl in the, the uh, co- uh, podcast earlier literally everything was paris like the yeah. dress was from Paris. The perfume. The perfume. The bordello is based off of 
a Parisian everything thing, isn't it? Even like even the architecture yes. and the card game room and everything. Because I think in Paris they had a really large amount of very successful brothels. Mm-hmm. You know, very it was elegant. a very very. We talk about the Belle Epoque, which is that turn yes. of the century, and the Moulin Rouge and the courtesans working for the impressionist painters as their muses. It's fascinating. Oh, it really is. You should see the movie Midnight in Paris, if you've not seen it. I haven't seen it in years. I know I have, though. Yeah. It's very much about he goes back in time because he feels he's out of place. And he meets a girl from the Belle Epoque at the Moulin Rouge. She's a muse, a painter. And she's like, well, I feel out of place. I want to be in this different. So it's like these different time areas where people just feel out of place. Maybe I haven't seen this movie. Yeah, you should check it out. Isn't it a Woody Allen movie? Midnight Midnight in Paris, highly suggest. So, me and Izzy, if you can't tell, could probably talk sex workers about all of this. I mean, we're really bad with ghosts, too. Ghosts. Um, So, going back, we need to go ghost hunting, seriously. Pandemic Um, ghost hunting. Yeah. Um, Da-da-da-da-da. I forgot where I was going with this. Um, with the home, the old homestead house in particular, mm-hmm. I have a feeling it's more residual than everything. Yes, I would agree. Like most of the haunting, hauntings, when it's residual, is um, footsteps, the weird music. Like I said, like you said, the perfume. Yes. It, it's just kind of that trapped energy. So uh, you are familiar with the stone tape theory, correct? Absolutely. Would you be willing to describe that in your I wonderful accent? Can for us? I can give you the proper. The yes. stone tape theory is a theory, and we talk about residual hauntings, that energy from someone during their lifetime, particularly in a traumatic event, is captured in, and that's where the stone part comes from, in the walls of the house, and is actually held in the structure in place. And much like we talk about the recording, much like a tape recorder, it holds that in time. And that you, if you happen to come in and you trigger that, because you have a certain mindset, or you yourself are in a certain emotional space, it kind of triggers into your brain and it kicks this recording into action and it just rep- it replays like a recorder. It's not malicious, it's not malevolent, it's not out to get you, it's not going to poltergeist throw things at you. You're just going to see someone walking around doing their day to day. You might see someone in anguish. Classic stone tape yes. recording is Hampton Court Palace. There is one of one of Henry VIII's befallen wives. She begged for her innocence. Ooh, was it Anne? I think it was actually Catherine. Which Catherine? Not. So Catherine Howard, the one who was beheaded. Not Catherine Parr, who survived, I believe. If I've gotten that wrong way around, I apologize. But the Catherine who was about 18 and was beheaded, she was a young girl, Mm -hmm. she ran and begged for her life down this hallway, galleyway, and it's a very famous part. It's this huge gallery. And it's so famous for today when people do tours, they will experience and see her ghost running mm. through the gallery, just begging to go to Henry's room to beg him for mercy, but he, she never reached her room. The guards took her and she was taken to the Tower of London and then swiftly beheaded for things that she probably did not do really of course not most none of the wives to be favored and they really were <laughs> held accountable it was more that henry just wanted to get rid of them and replace them as quickly as possible and that was his thing so yeah the stone tape theory is that those traumatic moments or equally enjoyable moments or even casual moments mm-hmm. are recorded like the one i have a house where i saw a monk walking through the wall. yes i love this story Right, so I, I lived in a very old house in England from the 1400s, and it used to be on the side of a monastery. And it had been turned into a Jacobean estate 
kind of in the 1600s and then it became a nice Victorian house etc and so we grew up there and it actually had books written so like Samuel Taylor Coleridge who's a famous poet he actually wrote books on the house because his relative had actually lived there and stuff. Oh, wow. And in fact, Henry VIII had owned the house and given it to Anne Boleyn as a present. In fact. Oh, my God. And one of her handmaids had drowned in our pool in the back. So we had, for Ford, actually, is a name, Ford is a river. And we had this beautiful island surrounded by water. And uh, she, unfortunately, a lot of people did not know how to swim back then. And the garments of the time were very heavy. And so while it sounds unbelievable, poor girl actually drowned in the back. <sighs> thing unfortunately so there's all these books written about the different hauntings and one of them that I think is very interesting is a story that there was a monk Mm -hmm. and he fell in love with a nun which obviously was forbidden at the time the romance was discovered and she was buried alive inside oh my god and then in the 1800s when they were doing renovations they found the bones inside the walls but it's strange that the guy wasn't punished but the girl was I'm sure he was still punished, but not quite as severely as her, I might add. And that's actually a very popular trope almost in a lot of old British Mm -hmm. households that are haunted in England. But going to the monk thing, you know, I knew all this stuff about it being haunted. And I'd always been terrified in my house growing up because I had a sense at any given moment that there were multiple people around. It wasn't even that I was alone. Even if a house was so big that there's one wing and your family are on a whole other side of the estate and you're in your bedroom far far away you had this keen sense that you were inherently not alone and it was this not a good feeling I always grew up with this terrifying accompaniment there were several people around me at any given time and um one night when I was 16 I had come back from school my parents went down to the local pub so no one was in the house I was completely alone I decided I would call my friend Lydia on the phone we had a phone we gossiped like you and mm-hmm. I do Andrew and we were just gossiping about this and that in a day and um I suddenly heard this noise. The only way I can describe it is if you've ever heard two lead heavy pipes being hit together and it goes clang Mm. and it vibrates in the air, right? And you can hear it specifically. It was just exactly that noise. So I was on the phone, it stopped me. And I looked up and I looked at this. Keep in mind, this is a master bedroom. It used to be a library. So it's a massive, it's a big room. So I looked at the far end of the room where the noise came from. And there, in the corner of a room, I see a, I mean, a full monk, full habits robe, everything, not semi-transparent, just the real deal, floating along. Mm. And he's not floor level, his his robe is below the floor, and what's most interesting is he's halfway through the wall. That's the only part that looked unreal. He looked fairly solid, and he's just going along. It's not malevolent, like Mm -hmm. I said, it's not, but... With saying it, seeing it, all of the hairs on the mm-hmm. back of my neck went up, on my arms, everything. I froze. They call it fight or flight mode. Mm-hmm. I couldn't move because I was legitimately paralyzed with fear because what I was seeing, keep in mind, I had not been drinking. I didn't drink at that age. I had <laughs> not had any drugs, drugs. I was not under the influence. I was not sleeping. I was not tired. There was no dreamlike state involved. I was completely conscious, sane, and awake when I saw this. And I had to make this decision as I was on the phone. Mm-hmm. This thing is going towards the only exit out of a room. Do I run to the exit and try to get out? Is it possibly I, my biggest fear is, will it hit me and go through me like in the movies? I know oh, it's no. stupid. But I was terrified. So I dropped the phone 
and I ran out of a room, ran down the stairs, locked myself out the front door of the house. It was the middle of December, freezing cold, waited several hours for my parents to get home. And when they came home, all I could say was, there's someone in the bedroom. That was all I could say. Oh, there's someone, there's someone. So, of course, my dad thought someone had broken into the house. So he gets a shotgun, runs upstairs, thinking someone has actually broken into the yeah. house to burgle or rob things, right? Good dad. And there was, no, there was no one in there. I didn't go in that room for a year after that. Oh, wow. It's how terrorized I was of it. And I know what I saw, and I've never in my life seen anything before or since to that effect. But I know that day I saw a true apparition. And again, it was residual. Didn't notice mm -hmm. me, was not afraid of me, didn't look at me, no eye contact. It was doing its own thing, doing its walk through time. And I just happened to unfortunately witness it. Mm -hmm. Or fortunately. Well, I think it. that's the thing with residual haunts. Just because it's not interacting or throwing things at you doesn't mean it's not terrifying. terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Because your brain can't process that it's real. Yeah. And so to, until you're in that situation where you truly see it and you truly experience that, your brain is always going to say, Mm -hmm. Well, you know, as my mother said, well, you must have just had a nightmare. And I was like, no, I was on the phone with my friend. But the creepiest part of the end story was, you remember I said I dropped a phone. And I remember definitively dropping yeah. it. My friend, when I called her, she said, well, we must call your friend back. She's probably quite worried about you. I said, okay, to my mum. So we called my friend Lydia. She said, well, strangest thing happened after you left. I heard a breath on the phone and the thing went down. So someone put the phone back on the receiver and it wasn't me. Isn't that interesting? Okay, that's weird. Yeah. Because that's like a poltergeist thing. How yeah. Is that a, or at the very, very least, an intelligent hunt. An intelligence hunt. Like, oh, she forgot to hang up the phone. I'll do it to her. How nice. How yes. Nice. And, yeah. And as I say, who never felt... It, again, even though I felt it was malicious my whole life growing up, and I never knew I lived in a haunted house until I moved here and lived in a not haunted house. And I was like, wow, this house is so quiet and <laughs> empty. Isn't that strange? So I can quiet see and yeah. empty. And it just... And that's how I knew I lived in a truly haunted house. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird, because my parents' house was fairly haunted. Mm -hmm. I mean, very... They would interact with you, and they were very vocal and slightly terrifying. Yes. And, Aren't they always? Right? <laughs> but, like, going off to college, or where we are now... Well, not where we are now. In Manitou, it's haunted. Manitou's got a lot of haunted <laughs> Manitou is just always haunted. Could no you do an episode on just Manitou Springs, well, honestly? It'd be you probably could. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, it's a weird yeah. feeling to be in a location where there's not that energy. Yeah. When you grow up around it, it's like a weird void An feeling. absence, isn't it? A yeah. Void. So this house isn't haunted At all. Yet. yet. Daniel's like, I'm going to add spirits. So what we need to do is, is oh, to no. summon some spirits and, you know, do some terrible He's like, we should add in haunted things. objects and things. Uh -huh. Very Zach Bagans-y. Like, he wants yeah, to go to his own right. museum, have some haunted objects, invite ghosts into house. I mean, not going to lie, I would love to do a haunted museum. Not where I sleep, however. Yeah, I will say, but one thing I do get a strange vibe of, we actually have a, a real coffin that was like a showcase. Yeah. They would use it to display, you know, bodies and things. We have that in the basement. I do oh, get a weird vibe of, that's the only thing in the house I get a weird vibe off of. And I think just because it's a coffin anyway and it's morbid, it just goes hand in hand. It's anyway. not, it's not like it's used yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's like because of what it is. Is that why you don't it's like a showcase? Coffin. I was going to make it into like a, a, a sofa. sofa yeah. Oh Jesus! I think if I like, I, I was going to say something sexy. I'm not going to do it so much. Like <laughs> we convert into a bed or something. I think it'd be okay. But until then, I mean, that would be scary. amusing. Yes. Not gonna lie. Yes. <laughs> 
So, I don't mean to corrupt your podcast, Karen. No. I mean, there will be swearing. It's me, yeah, for God's yeah. sakes. We've spent well, most of the... Well, you swear on my podcast. podcast so yes, I, I did. It's only fair that I, I, I asked. Yours technically, I asked yes. ahead of... Yes. After. I guess after. I asked after so, I swore. It's still a total, It's okay. We can say fuck all we want. I'm yeah. okay with that. But, um, <laughs> like, going back to the old homestead house, when you're talking yes. about the stone tape theory, uh, an interesting thing I found in my research, Cripple Creek has burnt down twice. Yes, I knew that. Interestingly, yeah. And it, I think, I think, uh, gold so was discovered eighteen ninety. The town was established eighteen ninety two, and the homestead house, how it is now, was built again. Again. In eighteen nineties, I just did this. Oh my god, eighteen ninety six or ninety seven. Okay. And in that time, things had burnt down twice. Yeah. To give you an idea, so this um. Pearl had come in, built the house, and burned down. Mm -hmm. So she actually rebuilt the house out of stone. It was one of the few buildings in town with stone. Exactly. Ah. One of the very few buildings made out of stone. Do you know that Zach Bagans is a very keen believer in this theory? He has this whole thing that he loves in his stone tape. He believes in, like, I call it water tape. But water contains oh, yeah. flowing water. Even if it is flowing, still contains mm-hmm. the residual kind of memories and things in it, which is fascinating. There, uh, Part of the theory that I don't know if it's technically stone tape or if it's another one that goes along the same lines, but um, quartz, granite, and limestone really hold things. Quartz, I've heard that too in Lansing. Yep. I've heard that too. So even mm-hmm. some of the mining towns and yes, stuff. Yes, that's why Colorado is insane. Yeah, we used to, so we used to actually own a haunted mining house in Silver Plume, Colorado. Uh, and I, oh, that was the one house we went to where I always had a sense, again, though, not in a bad way, like, but a family had lived there and I wasn't alone. That's the only one in Colorado I've ever lived in. We lived in Littleton. We lived here. I won't name where we're living now, but we have never had that feeling. But in Silver Plume, Colorado, I've definitely had that feeling. That town is active and haunted. Oh, yeah. Real. You should do an episode on Silver Plume. You, we could even go out there and record it. It'd be so cool. Well, I know I think, we... I think it's an interesting uh, theory because of all the rocks. And not only, mm-hmm. not only is it that... Yeah, we're talking about the mining. The, you know, they're holding rocks, but they actually take the rocks out of the mountain. Yep. And you have to think that, you know, that, that things yeah. get stuck in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like haunted mines, haunted yeah. mines. We oh my Tommy, god! Tommy Knocker's episode. We oh, we should do Tommy Knocker. We'll get drunk on beer at do, Tommy Knocker's brewery. We do hot springs. Yes. We can take the train up. Yes, the train. Go to the mine that's halfway between oh. Georgetown and Silver Blue. This is such a good idea. I, I'm in. I'm in love with this idea. I am so for this much. idea. I'm a big fan. Did I ever tell you my uh, idea for a uh, uh, what was it? What was that channel? Destination America is ghost that show? Where, uh, Destination, is that the guy who's like the explorer? What's his name? Help me out, guys. Are you thinking Expedition Unknown? Expedition Unknown. No, Josh Gates, Josh Gates is you. my god. He's I love great. that man. What a guy. Oh, what a man. Oh, what a man. Yes. We could, we could just drive down this road, but instead we're going to rappel down the side of this cliff. Shut and up. We're gonna get in a car. Shut up. You're as bad as Jordan is. You are as bad as Jordan is. Yes. Well, great. Yes. Well, China, yeah, yes. no problem. That's parallel down the side of the yes. wall where it's decaying. 
You yes. know, and maybe what was her name? Uh, uh, Ra- 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 what's her name? Yeah, Which yeah, one? Yeah. His his well, not girlfriend, but a uh, friend, female friend on it. Aaron Ryder was the one that was always Ryder. on it. The blonde like Ryder, one. Ryder. Let's just go down. And she was always like, "Oh God, Josh again." Yeah, <laughs> it was great. I loved oh, it. You know, he got invited to the British Expedition Society, which had they have his own cool gentlemen's club in London, but oh. not many people get to go to. It's the greatest. It's the Explorers Club, greatest minds oh. of the century, and he got invited to it. And I was so jealous. He, I saw about National Geographic, and I thought, "Oh, that Josh Gates. Does he have a new show? It, he has a new show." Well, I think Discovery Channel has done, like, three with him now. Mm. But, yeah, it it was Destination Truth on Sci-Fi, and now it's Expedition Unknown on Travel Channel and Discovery. Did you ever watch Ghost Mine? I adored Ghost Mine until my jerk of a husband pointed out weird camera angles, and that wouldn't make any sense for that camera to be there in that explosion. So, okay, that's so true. Like, that's so uh, true. So I'm, I'm good friends, actually, because you'll be fair. So did you, fair, yeah, probably you, you should tell that story about how we met. It was actually, yeah, so... I know this story. So Aiden, so Aiden, it, was, it was Aiden Sinclair, who's the magician we talked mm-hmm. about on my podcast, who was doing some stuff at Queen Mary, but at this time, he was doing stuff at the Stanley Hotel. For those of you listening on her podcast that don't know, Stanley Hotel is the location where The Shining, the book, and the movie was written, which is a ghost story. So, of course, it is perfect that Aiden Sinclair would have his wedding there with our friend, and we were invited to the wedding, which was... Amazing. And we saw all of the Paris celebrities at the wedding. I saw the guys from Ghost Hunters. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow. But I wasn't nearly as impressed as I was when I saw the chap from Ghost Mine. And I said, my God, it's Daniel. You it's might hear guy. thunder. You might hear thunder. <laughs> we do have thunder in the background. It adds to the spookiness. I said, my God, it's a guy from Ghost Mine. And Daniel said, my God, it is. And I said, I must, I must meet him. He's like, but what about all the other paranormal celebrities here? I was like, I don't care about any of them. Yeah, I must. Up, uh, Patrick Girl, she goes up to him and she just Yeah, crushes. I went to Patrick She's and like, I just oh, oh, he God. felt so good about he it. He felt so oh, good. Oh, I bet. It cool. And it was, it was lovely. Cool. I wouldn't like, want this to go I was him. like, Seriously. I am loving everything you've done yeah. and all this stuff. I actually really liked it as well because they had a little robot. Yeah, I liked the little robot. Ripper. That was really cool. I thought it was really cool because... One of the things that we wanted to do with uh, with Ghost House Girls was have this whole sort of professor angle thing. Yeah, where yeah, where professor. I could, like make different, you know, ghost tech, and ghost, ghost tech. equipment. Yeah. But you know, on Ghost Adventures, when I was at Zach Bacon's museum, I met the guy who does the ghost Bill equipment. Chappell. Bill yeah. Chappell. He actually lives, he lives near there. us in Colorado. Uh-huh. We should have him on a podcast. I was gonna see if you yeah. can connect me a little yeah. bit. Not yeah. Gonna lie. Yeah. Secret. Ghost nerd ghost email connect. or something. Ghost, ghost club. social networking. Yes. <laughs> Actually, it would be Shut great up, to have him as a thing on the podcast. It would be amazing. So, yeah. yeah. What are we doing on time? I have no idea. Uh, we're about... We're about 30... We're about there. Yeah, we might as well go. end it. Okay, very um, good. So, Isabella, thank you for having me. And if you are a Patreon member, you'll actually be able to get to watch us in you'll front of a nice fire. You'll be able to see the video. Here I am, doing a dance. You yes, Is- Isabella's pay dancing dance. for you. Um, <laughs> yes. You cannot it's a see very that sexy unless you dance. pay on her Patreon. So, I think that's about it. Thank you, Miss Isabella. <laughs> Thank I appreciate you so much. You. And that's it. Thank you so much for listening to the very first episode of my Haunted Life podcast. 
with me, Angela Hartshorn. I greatly appreciate you. If you like it, please subscribe. You can follow me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, I think most of the big um, podcasts out there. I also have a Patreon if you would like to help support. On there, you can donate and even make it on to the podcast if you're interested. I'm running a Facebook group that's very interactive and an Instagram for all the fun updates. Thank you so much. Stay safe out there and don't forget to look for all things spooky. Bye.